and welcome to another Beautifully Broken podcast. I'm Lori, and I'm here with my mom, Sharon. Hello. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Good. Kind of tired today, but I don't know why. It's not even a rainy day. It's a (laughs) sunny day. It's a really hot day, and they even came out with a heat advisory. Okay. So, as we're talking about the weather... (laughs) We live in Arizona, and normally in August, it's like 110 to 115. Mm-hmm. That's the norm. Mm-hmm. This August in the last 30 plus years was probably the be- most beautiful August we've ever had. Right. Temperatures were around 102, mm-hmm. tons of rain. Right. I mean, the Storm monsoons would build mm-hmm. up every night. We can't complain about this right. summer. However, we're tempted to complain now because <laughs> it's like the heat wave has come back. Right. And it's September. Like, I'm ready for it to right. be fall. I thought it was kind of funny. They put out a heat advisory when we are in the desert. And actually, it's not going to get hotter than it normally would. Right. You know, this is normal. Mm-hmm. This is normal. Right. Although it does it does start to cool down in September, yeah. but it's not really until October that we see right. relief. Oh, and it's wonderful. <laughs> Come <laughs> on, fall. wonderful. Right. We can't well, wait. Well, we're Midwest gals. We are. And so we were used to September being, you know, the school football games and soccer and and it would be cool and have to wear a jacket. I mean it's still it's still football. In the fall here, it's just hot. It's just hot, yeah. So, yeah, I miss the changing leaves mm-hmm. and everything. Right. So, okay, so today we have. <laughs> so I'm looking at some of these devotionals, and I'm like, man, why did I tackle this? This is so difficult. <laughs> but I wanted to be real and raw mm-hmm. with everyone, and so we are at another devotional for me. That is super difficult. Oh my goodness. Okay, here we go. Lord help us. (laughs) Um, Today, I'm going to be talking about guilt. And I don't know if any other widow suffers from guilt, but um, this is something that I've had to work through. I was my husband's caregiver and um, for like four years, but really like majorly caregiving for him for a little less than two years. And so when you're giving care to somebody else, there are some times when you're tired, when you're like, you know, at your wits end that you can be maybe a little careless. You know, I get my mom mode of let's get stuff done. And Uh Greg would be like, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm just trying to force your foot into the shoe Um, because we got to go. So, but that's not, not just taking care of him is the only guilt I have. There's decisions that I had to make on his behalf that kind of still haunt me. So, you know, because of how sick he got, like, and he he had um, aspiration pneumonia, which is like terrible, but he lived through it like nine times. I mean, the guy 
had a will to live. It was mm-hmm. amazing. He's, um, you know, most people don't make it through one. Right. And so yeah. he just, um, but a lot of the reasons why we made it, because I didn't let myself sleep for two years, like deep sleep. Mm-hmm. Like I, I catnapped a lot. Um, but uh, for those who, do, who don't know, or just joining us, my husband had a neurological disease very close to ALS. So um, he lost all his motor skills. He lost his verbal skills. He never lost his mental skills. And um, But it was so hard to see him kind of trapped inside his body. You know, I had to feed him and bathe him and clothe him and translate his speech. <laughs> I had a crick in my back for so many years because I had to bend over and be like, what, I'm sorry, what do you say again? <laughs> now, this man was like, um, I, he could have been a certified genius. He was brilliant, very, very bright. So he knew what he was saying. And I think about the frustrations that he must have had, like, can you please understand what I am trying to say? But you know, I remember when you'd be trying to understand he would start laughing. Yeah. Yeah. He would, he try, would break the tension. He would try to tell you, and then he'd start laughing. Yeah. It was, he just kept such a nice outlook. And he spirit. was never mm-hmm. angry at me no. that I didn't get no. it. <laughs> and there were sometimes at night, because, you know, I, I'm terrific at procrastinating, but it would take me an hour to get him to bed and the kids to bed, and not even the kids. Like, by the end, I was just like, Go put yourselves to bed. <laughs> um, but literally an hour to do everything to get just him into bed. Mm-hmm. And that's without showering him. That was just like our routine. And there would be sometimes when he would, we, I'd get him into bed, kiss him like goodnight, okay. And then he'd mumble something to me and I would be like, is it really important that I know what you're trying to say or can we talk about it in the morning? <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I think about those things and and now I wish I could go back and listen to everything he wanted to right. say to me. But in the moment, I was so tired. Right. So anyways, poor thing. He probably had a lot more to say and I just couldn't <laughs> understand. So, you know, we ended up that final day in... Well, we ended up in the hospital, not the final day, but we ended up in the hospital. We ended back up in the ICU and the the doctors told me like, hey, there's nothing more we can do to him. And, you know, God bless doctors. I, I do talk about the one neurological doctor who came in and gave us his diagnosis and basically said, it's terrible. Don't look it up. Um, and then got up, you know, he said, Let's, I'll see you in three months. He got up and left the room. That was awful. But then there are the other examples of mm-hmm. good, amazing doctors. Um, Greg's respiratory doctor, who had been with him the first time he was in the ICU, was not even on rotation in the um, ICU unit that w- we were finally put in. But she found out that we were there and she came over to talk to me mm-hmm. and her words um, were just life-giving to me because she said, Lori, what are you doing? Western medicine has done such great advancements for you know, mm-hmm. humans 
except when it comes to dying. Mm-hmm. And when you're at the end of your line, when there's nothing more medically that can be done, you need to allow them to pass peacefully. Mm-hmm. If you keep them here in the ICU, mm-hmm. he's going to end up being intubated again on life support. It's not what he wants. It's not what you want. You don't want your kids to see this again. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, her words were just freeing for me. Like Mm -hmm. I could actually see what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. So she helped me make that decision to put him into hospice. And I talked a couple weeks ago about how it was five long weeks that he was in hospice. I mean, we thought it was going to be 48 hours, but it was those five weeks. And during those five weeks of hospice, there were decisions that had to be made because I had to sign a do not resuscitate. That is very difficult. Mm -hmm. This man I love so much Mm -hmm. and I've been trying to keep him alive for the past four and a half years to finally Mm -hmm. give up and Mm -hmm. say, I'm allowing you to die. Right. was so, so difficult. And I had the permission from his family, from my kids, from my family. Everybody was like, this is the right thing to do. And yet, mm-hmm. you know, there are times when I feel guilty mm-hmm. over making these decisions. Mm-hmm. At one point, I asked Greg, I said, are you tired? Now, this is me, like, almost begging him. <laughs> To be tired, right? To be tired. And he, he said no. That's because he's been in bed not doing anything. <laughs> well, he was he was trying to survive, but yeah. I was not the the answer I wanted. I wanted him to agree with me because I was tired and I was done. And I'm hearing all these doctors say there's nothing more we can do, and yet here he is you know, five weeks. And in hospice, they were like, look, you're still feeding him. Even though it's through a feeding tube, you're still allowing him to have nourishment and we can't keep him here unless he's actively dying. And that was such a hard decision to make to to end his food, to end his water, to do all those things. And... um you know, it was at that point when I decided to stop feeding him that I just crawled into bed on him and I just hung on to him and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And um, my uh, sister-in-law and sister were in the room and um, it was almost, my sister said, it's like a holy moment. Like those times where you just feel like, God's presence is in the room. Like he was there with us at my most vulnerable time when I was questioning, what am I doing? What am I doing? There was nothing more I could do. But because of all those decisions that I've had to make, I have these guilty feelings that just want to pop up so often. And even my dreams haunt me because... (laughs) Greg is always mad at me in my dreams. Uh, I've only had one like pleasant dream about him that maybe I can share sometime because I feel like I met him in a different realm. It was amazing. But 
Most of the time, Greg is mad at me for some reason. So I wake up in the morning with that feeling of, what did I do? And then you start going through everything. Did I not, you know, do enough for him? You know, did I pull the plug too early? Was there a cure around the corner? You know, he wasn't tired. Maybe I should have kept going. Like all these things just come. And in my most vulnerable moments, I'm tempted to berate and second guess myself Mm -hmm. and to let that guilt eat away at me. Sometimes I feel shame when I look at my kids and I think, did I do wrong by you? Did I not fight hard enough for your dad? Um, So I've struggled with that for a few years. And this one time I was, I was sharing these things with my sister uh, who is very wise. And she asked me like such a great question. She, she said, I want you to search your heart. Did you do the best you could with the knowledge you possessed at the time? Okay. When I sit back and I think about that, my answer is yes, of course, we we do the best we can mm-hmm. uh, with the knowledge we have, whether that's for our dying husband or for our struggling children or with our finances. We try to do the best with what knowledge we possess. And then she says to me, well, what more was there that you could do? And can you then trust God to that he was guiding you and your family and the doctors to make the best decisions. Mm -hmm. Can you leave your guilt behind and trust God's sovereign plan? And, you know, that was kind of a slap across the Mm -hmm. face, if you will, like, hey, you trusted the Lord with so many things about his illness and where he was at. You prayed, you did the best, you sought the the wisest counsel. So why are you allowing guilt to bring you down and to shame you? And it was just such a revelation to me that, you know, I need to let go because when I'm shaming myself and my guilt, I don't have the I can't walk in the freedom that God wants me to walk in. And as I wrestled with all these questions, if I could trust God and His guiding my path, um, He led me to Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, which says, You, which is God, keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. So God does not change. He is the cornerstone of our faith. He wants to keep us in perfect peace Mm -hmm. because we trust in Him. You know, I must have prayed a million times that God would heal Greg and to guide us to the best possible doctors and solutions. And I know he heard our prayers, but I need to do the job now of letting go of the guilt and clinging to the promise of God and to remind myself that even if there was something else that I could have done to help Greg stay alive, today my husband is in the midst of God. Mm -hmm. He's in the midst of the glories of heaven. 
he wouldn't choose to stay a day longer or come back even if he had the chance. And I need to recognize the hard work that I put into helping him and remember that I did everything I could. I need to forgive myself of all the what ifs Mm -hmm. and remind myself that God is in control. Today, if you are a caregiver, I just want you to know that you're not alone. I see you. I see the struggle. I see the vulnerability, Mm -hmm. the overwhelmingness, the tiredness that you are feeling. And I just want you to know that you can trust God. You can trust God. He's, He's the rock. He's the firm foundation in the midst of your raging ocean that you're floating in. Allow him to be the peace in your life. Allow him to come in and just still all of your questions, all of your anger, all of your this restlessness. And if you are dealing with guilt, allow him to free you from that because that's he wants you to live in freedom. And it's so easy to guilt and shame ourselves for past decisions. Maybe maybe you wish you could have told your husband something. Mm-hmm. Maybe you wish you could have left things differently. You have to trust that maybe we made mistakes, but God is in control and he wants you to live in freedom. Forgive yourself and let go of the past so you can live in freedom. Let me pray. Lord, please take the guilt away from me today and help me to walk in freedom. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Do you ever... That was so good, Lori. Do you ever have any guilt? I just brought tears to my eyes because I remember those days, those hard days that I watched you as a mom watching her daughter and her son-in-law, who she loved, who I loved um, so much. You know, we loved him like our own. To watch that struggle and to watch how you cared so much for him. And you were exhausted, but you never quit. You never quit. And, you know, I just, um, the guilt thing, yes. I mean, your dad, who knows home with the Lord, with Greg, who knows what they're up to up there. Probably no good. (laughs) (laughs) So they probably have a lot of places to take us as soon as we get there. Let's hope. But anyway, you know, I'm so, I mean, your father for two years, Mm -hmm. it was a daily, I mean, he could, he could take care of himself, but I really was with him Mm -hmm. and his companion and everything. And he was in the hospital many times, too. And I would sleep there all night because he felt safe. He felt more secure. Mm-hmm. And he was not a fearful person, but there was something about in in the illness, our loved ones want us there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I totally understand that. And it is tiring. You know, it is very tiring. But, you know, you always think, could we have fought a little harder? And... Uh, Fortunately, I th- would say with with me, when I want to have those guilt things, like could we fought harder, I just have to come back and just open my hands and release it to the Lord. Because honestly, like what happened to you, it was the medical profession that said to us, there's no more we can do, mm-hmm. and and you maybe have, there's a window, you maybe have a week, we don't know. 
And fortunately, your dad and I could make that decision together. Um, you know, I didn't have to make that alone. So, you know, I just really admire you, Lori, for what you walked through and as oh, I watched thanks, you. Mom. What would you say to the widow who's experiencing guilt? Maybe not how she took care of her husband, but maybe um, she didn't get to say everything she wanted to say. Maybe maybe they had had an argument in the morning and, mm-hmm. and he passed away mm-hmm. before they were able to resolve it. I know that there has to be a lot of guilt there. What would you say to her? You know, again, I would say, you know, the, the past is past. Mm-hmm. And... The Lord knows, you know, that maybe there were some unsaid things or some wrong words that were said, and you feel guilt over that. I would just really take some time, either get some help counseling that could help you walk through that, mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe just some time with you and the Lord uh, and your Bible and ask God to forgive you because He doesn't make us. You know, he, he's there to forgive us. He's got open arms to forgive us. And ask him to forgive you and then to help you have healing and to take that from your mind. And sometimes I've had to do that, you know, just say, Lord, there's that ugly old thought, you know, mm-hmm. that came back. Would you please take it from my mind? I don't want things like that in my mind. And, you know, our God is a faithful God. He loves us. He cares for us. He said, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. And I would encourage um, the widow today who's feeling, you know, just some unfinished business or some hard things and feeling the pain of that. It's just, sometimes we have to give that time, but just ask for forgiveness of that. Mm. And then if you need further help, you know, seek some help. Yeah. Counseling is always a good idea. It is. It is. But I want to remind the widow, you're still facing life. Mm -hmm. Your husband is facing eternity. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's not dealing. He's not thinking about the fact that you left it on poor terms. No. This is something that the evil one wants to do to keep you in bondage. And often it's when we're alone. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know find, you know, to be with maybe sometimes you just have to step out and ask someone, could we go do something? Could, would you mind having coffee with me and get out of an environment that maybe is um, toxic for you, um, where it gives you time to think? Mm-hmm. And often I'll just say, cover my mind today with the Holy Spirit, you know, protect me, mm-hmm. protect my mind, because that's where... The enemy likes to hit us. For sure. So in our journaling prompt, um, we ask for you to write down what what are you feeling guilty about? What do you feel like you need forgiveness from? And then ask God for some tangible ways that you you can release the guilt. And every time you you want to be guilty and guilt yourself, come back to this journaling page and remind yourself, no, wait, I've already asked for forgiveness of this. I want to live in freedom and peace. Sometimes you literally have to say that out loud. I want to live in freedom and peace. Write it on a sticky note. I love sticky notes. I put them everywhere. 
and release it and let it go. So hopefully today has helped you and that I am not alone in (laughs) this guilty, shame feeling. Mm -hmm. So, hey, if you like this podcast, can you please review it and rate it? That would really help us. And if you're interested in getting our book, Surviving Widowhood, you can find it wherever books are sold. (laughs) And if you could leave a review there too. That's a big help too. That's a huge help to us. Any place you're buying. Any place you're buying, yep. You can give a review anywhere. Mm -hmm. That includes at our publication, Redemption Press, Mm -hmm. and Goodreads, you know, anywhere you're picking up our book. Barnes & Noble. Mm -hmm. Yep, all those places. So, hey, thanks for joining us today, and we will see you next week. Have a good week. Have a great week.